This is Power Players with Dan Clark. This is Dan Clark, Power Players with Dan Clark, coming to you from the KUTV Channel 2 Studios Sinclair Broadcast Group. As you know, I've had the privilege, the honor of interviewing so many student athletes from the University of Utah over the course of this year. And it's about time we got some basketball love going on with our BB team. And uh, one of the stars of our team, one of the leaders of our team, and the coolest thing about Marco Anthony is that he's a leader off the floor. He got a certificate in positive psychology, which we're gonna talk about. He already has a bachelor's degree in general studies from Utah State University where he transferred. And now, as I understand, you're pursuing political science at the University of Utah to get another bachelor's degree. Come on, man. They're just racking up the I know, the my gosh. You know, the guys I went to school with, they swore that seventh grade was going to be my senior year, and all of a sudden you're, like, just putting more letters behind your name than you need, man. <laughs> yeah, just trying to, you know, while I'm in school, might as well get school, you know. I love it, baby. This episode is brought to you by Master Electrical, a number one supporter of the University of Utah running Utes. So, Marco, uh, he grew up down in San Antonio, Texas, I've been there so many times asking him about his high school. There's nothing more you have to say except, you know, where did you go to high school, Dan? I went to East High. Hey, Marco, where'd you go to high school? Holmes High School. <laughs> I mean, you need to even draw it out with the Southern Draw, dude. That is the coolest high school name I've ever heard. Come on, man. Yeah, it's just, you know, over in Ingram, Holmes High School. Come on, uh, baby. Little legacy deal. My dad went there, and I followed him. Oh, footsteps. my gosh. Yeah. Very cool. So what about your younger brother and younger sister? Let's just cut right to the chase about your family before I get into your high school stardom. Well, uh, yeah, my brother and sister, they're twins. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, they're seniors in high school right now. My brother's going to uh, UTSA after this year where he's just going to be a, you know, a student. And my sister actually signed an athletic scholarship to play volleyball over at the University of Dayton. So, really cool. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. And, so were your parents both athletic? Um, my mom, my mom was pretty athletic. I don't know about my dad. That's funny. Yeah. Throw him under the bus in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, my dad was just pretty tall, but I don't know. I see him playing basketball and doing some stuff when he tries to be athletic. It doesn't look really, oh, really man. natural. So We'll give him a chance to call in and maybe edit this baby out. Come on, <laughs> man. So uh, four-time superstar in your high school. As I read through your bio, I was just so impressed that you were all-conference as a sophomore, all-conference as a junior. Your senior year, you had stats out the kazoo, mm -hmm. and uh, you decided to go to the University of Virginia. You were a Cavalier. Yes, you know, Bronco Mendenhall used to be the uh, football coach at B BYU, oh. and I grew up here in Salt Lake City, and I was there when Bronco was born, actually. I called his dad Uncle Paul. <laughs> So I followed him from BYU to the University of Virginia. And I'm old enough to remember Samson and some of the superstars who played there. But what a great legacy. Yeah. And uh, to tune in and to just understand that they were NCAA national champions your freshman year. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. got some serious action almost in every game. Yeah, uh, a little bit. More so on the, the practice side, but... Still, uh, I mean, you know, six foot six guard. Yeah, uh, you got seventeen rebounds playing for the Utes against Sac State. I mean, I've yeah. been, I've been just fascinated by your bio, dude. Yeah, not only a great shooter, but obviously you got some hops and you got some, 
you know, more of a well-rounded game than anybody I've interviewed for a long, long time. Oh, I appreciate that. So let's go back to um, high school. So did you enroll as a young kid before high school in, in, in uh, camps? How did you start to develop your skills if your dad was a chess player and your mom was a pretty good athlete? <laughs> well, although my dad wasn't really the best uh, at playing, he was really good at like coaching the sport and he has it. a he has a lot of knowledge about the game of basketball. So, um, you know, we always go to my grandma's house, his mother, and she had his old like basketball hoop in the driveway. So my dad would kind of teach me the the ins and outs and stuff about the game. So that's really where I kind of got my or the skills started to develop. So obviously, at six six or probably tall in your age group or in your in your class every year, was that correct? So if you're a coach, most likely you say, okay, Marco, you go over there, you're going to play post. Yeah. And you're fighting against it your whole career, saying, no, 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 I want to be Magic Johnson. No, yeah. no, no, it's cool to make a pass. More, It's cooler to make a pass than it is to make a shot. Exactly. So yeah. where did you get this uh, Where did you get this ability, this, this, this drive to be that guard, that leader of the team on the floor? I just think, you know, being lucky enough to have, you know, the coaches I had where um, – and it's, it's funny that you say that because at my high school, um, my high school coach was actually like, other coaches would ask him, like, why don't you just put Mark on the post? Like, he's bigger than everybody. But my coach was so big and like, he had me play point and just be an all-around player because at the next level and the level after that, I mean, 6'6 six, six kind of is now considered short kind of. So uh, just being able to really handle and do all of those things rather than just playing the post really helped me elevate my game in so many ways. Very cool. So... What other schools recruited you out of high school? If you end up at Virginia with their legacy, obviously you were in pretty high demand as a star athlete coming out of high school. Mm -hmm. Well, I uh, I uh, committed pretty early. Um, I think it was after because I started to kind of blow up after because um, I played on the EYBL, which yeah. was the Nike the Nike AAU circuit, and so um, it kind of started off rough for me, like the first tournaments, and then. Um, I started playing well and playing well, and then Virginia offered me. And then I was like, I was one of those kids that was like, oh, that's Virginia, that's ACC. Like, this is going to just get me to where I want to go just like that. So I didn't really do any, like, extensive research. I just kind of committed. But uh, I think that if I would have waited out, then a lot more schools. But other Virginia was kind of like Boise State. Baylor was probably the biggest one. Iowa State. Iowa State was the first school that offered me. So. Other than those schools, it was like kind of lower, um, lower major schools. So we know Virginia and the University of Virginia is a beautiful country, but Iowa State, come on, man. It's like it's so flat. You sit on your front porch and watch your dog run away for three and a half days. <laughs> and then you finally came to your senses and decided to come to Utah State. Tell us mm -hmm. about that transition. Did you meet the coach mm -hmm. way back in the North Dakota State days or when? Talk to us. Well, actually, yeah, um, South Dakota was one of the schools that uh, offered me, and that's where PD and uh, or Eric Peterson and Coach Smith were. And um, after I decided to transfer from Virginia, uh, PD, that's what we call him, uh, <laughs> was one of the first people to call me and said, hey, Mark, we're at Utah State now, and uh, you know, we would love to have you like take a visit and uh, – do all that stuff, and so did I say North Dakota instead yeah, of South yeah. Dakota. Thanks yeah. for smiling me on that one, dude. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> no, I took my visit and I loved it. I loved the players. I loved the, the 
the mountains here. I love the, oh, yeah. the way that uh, the opportunity that I felt like that I would have went over there and then I went there and um, it was great. And Utah State just got a berth into the NCAA tournament I saw. So mm-hmm. are you kicking yourself or are you saying, no, Utah's, I'm a, I'm a Ute, man? Yeah, I'm a Ute. I mean, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, um, you know, there's still some guys over at Utah State that I played with. Those are still my brothers over there. So, Absolutely. You know, I congratulated them in getting their uh, berth to the to the March Madness. And, you know, they're a really good team over there. They have a, a electric offense. And, yeah, they're just they're really good. So it's just I'm proud to see them. It's so hum- such great humility. I'm so proud of you. So when you were a, a fifth, fifth-year senior and you've already graduated and you're like, I could get on with my life. You're handsome. You're articulate. You're smart. You know, I, I know a lot more about you. I've asked around about off-the-court leadership. And you could have gotten on with your life, you know, maybe even make yourself available for the for the draft. You still got a chance. You're, you're, yeah. you, you can play, man. You really can. And I can see you at the, at the next level. So can everybody else at the, at the youth stadium. But yet you're pursuing education. So did your parents always influence? Did they always push you to uh, to go to class, or where did you, where did you get that that kick in the butt? I mean, yeah, like you couldn't uh, you couldn't make your classes. You couldn't make it to practice. So. That was really the biggest thing, just understanding that um, basketball can only last you so long. But with the education and uh, really just knowing what you're doing out there, that's that's your life. So uh, that's really the biggest things that they taught me, and that's why I'm so invested into the, the educational side of things. Okay, so let's talk about positive psychology. That's what I said at the University of Utah Psychology. And I've had so much fun talking with the student-athletes this past year <clears throat> in all sports about the mindset of a champion. Mm-hmm. And we had Dr. Henschen, who's passed away, but he was one of the most famous sports psychologists in the country, maybe even in the world, and we were privileged enough to have him at the University of Utah. And he took a liking to me. I just really appreciated him putting his arm around me. And it was the first time in my life where anyone explained to me that the same emotion for fear is the same emotion for excitement, and all you got to do is decide which one you're going to label it. Is it going to be positive or negative? So I haven't had another athlete in the history of my podcast who understands what the heck I'm talking about yeah. to your degree. Mm-hmm. So teach us, man. Teach us right now about the psychology, the positive psychology of being a superstar athlete. I just think it's all like, and this is something I realized in college, that it's really all just mental and the, the mental side of everything because, you know, coming in, I didn't really play a lot, like freshman year and stuff. And so, like, I was just down on myself because that was like the first time ever, like, you know, in high school, I'm starting on varsity since I'm a freshman, middle school, you know, uh, all that jazz. But, uh, you know, just not playing for the first time was kind of like, wow, like it kind of led you into like a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression. Like it was just hard to kind of get up out of bed and uh, go to practice every day with a mindset because you would think that, like, am I really getting better? Like, what am I really doing out here? So... Um, just knowing that and going through that, that kind of really wanted me to take a deep dive into the, the mental side of things. And I think that ha- that came with, you know, I started reading books and stuff because there's two routes that I could have went while I was going through that. And I'm glad I went the route that I went. And so, yeah, just the mental side is the most important. So let's just take that onto the court. So what do you do when um, the score's tied and you're at the foul line? Um. Three, three seconds left in the clock. 
yeah, at that point, I'm kind of just, uh, you're kind of just in the moment. And, you know, the games went on, and it's just like, uh, you know, a lot of people could, like, think about, like, what if I missed a shot? What if I missed a shot? Like, all the bad things, but what if you make the shot and all the good things that come with it? So it's kind of just like a, uh, a thing where I actually saw this thing on Instagram where it's like, say you miss a game when a shot, and the worst things that happen is sure you get uh, – Sure, people like talk bad about you for a little bit, but then a few weeks pass, and it's like nothing ever happened. So that's kind of like the mental state that I'm at. Like if I'm in a situation like that, like hey, I make it, it's great. If I miss it, hey, I'm gonna probably have a, a thousand more times to make that shot again. And as soon as you make that game-winning shot, everybody forgets the one you missed. Exactly. So what do you do <clears throat> when uh, when you are asked when the when Diagram comes out on the board, and you're asked to take the game-winning shot. It's kind of like a, kind of like a yes moment, because that just shows you that the coach is trusting you, out of everybody to to take that shot to make that shot, and so uh, that's kind of the kind of mental thing. It actually, gives you more confidence than, or at least me, uh, more confidence than it would uh, the opposite. So, like, it just makes you just want to thrive in that moment even more. I love it. So I love quotes. So under pressure, you don't rise to the occasion. You fall to your level of training. Mm-hmm. That's why we train and practice so hard. Exactly. So what's your usual training regimen? Do you come into the practice at the same time as your teammates? Do you come earlier? Do you stay late? Do you have some routine you do with foul shooting before you leave the floor? Teach us about your routine. Well, uh, you know, me and BC um, always come in. BC's Brandon Carlson. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I but, interviewed him on the, on the podcast. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So we would always come in like before our class um, just every day and get shots up. And this would be like, I don't know, three or four hours after practice. So it's really just wow. getting some shots up, not for the full three or four hours, but just, you know, starting the day off with that and then going to class, getting food and all that. And then going back to practice and being locked in for that. And then after, we might get some more extra shots up. And uh, that's really how the day goes. And so how do you prepare? You're talking about preparation physically. How do you prepare mentally? How do you, how do you, what's your mindset coming into game time? When do you start firing up for the game, for the tip-off? I really try to have the same day every day. So it's kind of like a, a game's the same pressure as practice for me. And uh, I do still do a lot of reading. I'm actually reading a, I'm almost finished with the inner game of tennis. Oh, wow. Um, and that's, I recommend that book to everybody. So that that's what really keeps me like, if I'm in like a bad spot or something, it's it's a it's a really good book. Uh, read that, and that kind of gets me locked back in. This program is brought to you by Master Electrical, one of the number one fans and supporters of the University of Utah athletic programs. Okay, so as an on the court leader and an off the court leader, what do you say to somebody who gets down on themselves? Who committed a brutal turnover at the wrong time, and everybody in the stadium from Virginia to Utah knows that this guy threw the ball to the you know, the guy selling hot dogs on the fifth row instead mm-hmm. of to his teammate. What do you say to him in that moment so he snaps out of it and can get his, ne- his head back mm-hmm. in the game? I think it differs from uh, player to player. Like what I say to Wilkins might be something different than what I would say to Ben. But um, it would always come back to like, hey, this mistake isn't, like if it's a mistake that lost us the game or something, 
that one mistake isn't what lost us the game because it probably shouldn't have been that close in the first place or um, just everybody's made a mistake. Like everybody's had a turnover in this game probably and um, that one turnover is just uh, like one that all of us had. So that just it just happened to be in that last second moment. So it's nothing to really uh, get down on. And if it is something that they're down on, it's something that they got to get over quick because you know, say it's a Thursday game, we got to come back on Saturday and oh, yeah. play right away, or uh, that kind of stuff could lead you into a, a downhill mental roller coaster. So, with your educational background and your experience, I haven't ever interviewed anybody who's been in three different, four different programs counting high school. Mm-hmm. Think for a second about the similarities of each program because. Coach took Utah State to the top, to the highest level. You know, let's give him some props. And then we were fortunate enough to be able to recruit him to, to come down to Utah land. But to come from high school at a superstar level all four years, and then to go to the University of Virginia, which has played in the ACC for, at the highest levels from mm-hmm. when I was a kid, my gosh. And then Utah State, and then now as a U, what – what one or two things do you find that are similar in championship programs? And then I'm going to come back and ask you what makes Utah different. Really just the um, consistency. Uh, just the way that not only you, but the team carries themselves uh, on a day-to-day basis. Because the way you – your energy level on the first day of practice – can be way different than energy levels, say, in the middle of December. And so just being able to have that consistent uh, high-level energy, that's what really uh, takes over the top. And that's what I learned uh, winning that national championship at Virginia, that there was no – you could not afford, like, one bad day because that bad day uh, could mean another team just, like, leaped over you. And so just continuing to have good days, it kind of stacks on top of each other and then – uh, you end up on top. So is that a cultural thing? Is it, Did you ever have any coaches who were just screamers and yellers versus those who seemed to put their arm around you, you know, metaphorically and, and literally to say, hey, come on, Marco, this is what we need to do? What's, what's the different style that you think is uh, consistent in a championship program? I think it's the, the style in which it's always constructive criticism. Or it's always like um, anything but degrading. I've seen a lot of uh, times where a coach could degrade a player in order to try to like lift them up, and it like more times than not, it just does not work, and it just kind of makes things worse. But like the guys or the coaches that will like say hey or call you to the side and be like hey are you good like uh, we need you today and stuff like that. That kind of you know gets things going to where they need to go in a progressive standpoint. So uh, that's the way that I, I see things. So as promised, what's, what's one great quality that the Utah program has that really has attracted you, that's allowed you to elevate your game? I think you're better this year than you were. You know, you're getting better. Mm-hmm. And if I'm an NBA scout, I'm like, okay, you're on the per- perfect trajectory. Come into the league and with your work ethic and your mind, yeah, you'll get better every year, just like you have in your college career. So, what one yeah. thing in Utah's program and Utah's culture has allowed you to grow as a human being and as a ball player? I really think the brotherhood off the court is really just the biggest thing because that just makes it so much easier to 
come in for the lifts, come in for the practices, just ready to go each and every day. Because if you're, um, say you're working a job with a bunch of people that you don't like to work with or a bunch of people that you just don't like, then, you know, it's hard to, to go to that job every day. But say you're working somewhere with just a bunch of, like, people that you love, a bunch of your brothers, you would just look forward to that every single day. So um, I'm grateful for uh, how that's been, you know, especially here. Because even when we were 11 to the Pac-12 last year, I mean, uh, those are my brothers. And, you know, off, even though, like, on the court things may not have clicked off the court, we were always hanging around, laughing. It's the same way this year. Like, So Carlson's pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> he yeah, you can say that. Yeah, you can say that. He's, like, he's, he's for those of you who haven't heard that podcast. He's our seven footer. He's he's the dude, but he's got that soft touch from the foul line too. Uh-huh. So, you pushing him after practice and before practice is possibly like the secret to his success too. He should have sucked yeah. up to you a lot more than he did. <laughs> okay, so let's talk uh, routine. How do you get when it's game day? You're fascinating to me. You say you want to make every day the same practice mm-hmm. game day, but what's your ritual? Do you have any? Do you have any superstitions we need to know about? Like you don't step on any lines or? Uh, well, I have to start my day off with two cups of iced coffee that I make at the at the house and a little Einstein bagel. That's good. <laughs> That's good. And if I start my day like that, then it's going to be a good day. <laughs> so Einstein bagels, are you listening to this NIL possibility <laughs> for Marco Anthony? That's good, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what else do you have, like, specific music that you listen to pre-game when do you dr hench and i talked to you about sports psychologists and i'm sure this on on air and a couple of other interviews he taught me i used to return kickoffs and punts when i was a freshman and he pulls me aside and i would lose like 30 pounds of water weight before the kick ever came because i'm fixing my pads and i'm like just like this nervous yeah. wreck and he finally gave me the greatest metaphor he says clark you got to take a rubber band and you got to time it so when you get on the field and you're getting pregame and you're fired up and you start to stretch that rubber band so that when that kick comes, you've got it maximized out and you just let it go and you catch the ball and you, you turn. Yeah. So using that metaphor, at what time of the day do you start getting fired up to a take on a rival? Um, well, it always depends on the, the, like the time of the game. And it's usually, I would say, after our shoot-around that I really start to – really lock in because that's when I do my my treatments and stuff and I always gotta have my pregame nap so really after the nap that's whenever I lock into like the music side and I uh, really just hype myself up how long is your nap and how long before you show up to the shoot around or to the to the arena do you, do you take your nap this is important stuff for everybody to listen yeah. to oh well because yeah. if you get woke if you if you get Woken up, I don't even know if that's a word. If you're if you're awakened from your nap in the middle of your nap, then you show up to the to the shoot around all tired and groggy. Yeah. So you got to have a like timed out perfect. What's your yeah. timing? Well, the way it is, we'd have shoot around. Then after the shoot around, I'll shoot with BC, and then after that, we'd have our pregame meal. Then followed by that, um, I'll shower of course because you know that's a lot of sweat going on, and then um, I'll get my Treatment done with Trev, the great uh, Trevor Jameson. What kind of treatments? Just on your knees, on your ankles? What do you do? Um, just some stretches and some uh, the gun work with the like the massage gun. Yeah, just stuff on like the that. back and loosen up your muscles, mm-hmm. your jumping muscles. Yeah, do that and then um, head back to the locker room. And then we have like this big couch in the locker room. And I'll just take a, 
a 30 minute nap and usually we're required to be in the if it's a home game we're allowed or required to be in the in the huntsman 90 minutes before the game and so i'll get there with like uh like 10 minutes before the 90 minutes yeah and then get taped up and just i'm ready to go on the court probably loosening up some more with like uh this big green band that we use stretching out and then do my little ball handling routine absolutely and then do my little form shots and then it's time to do the stretching with the team and then just like that is game time so pre-game meal what do they usually feed you are you heavy carbs what do they do uh it's usually a pasta with chicken and it'll either be chicken and like steak and then it'll be the the alfredo sauce or the um other red sauce, I'm forgetting the name, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it's pretty simple. I usually just go for the, the oh, and they have pesto sauce. I usually just get the chicken <laughs> with the pasta and the pesto, and I'm good. Okay, so we've got some young folks listening, some parents. What do you? What do they give you at halftime to keep your energy up? Is it true that you just diet cokes and Snickers bars, or what? Are they, <laughs> what do they give you, man? No, uh, actually, sometimes Coach O would bring out gushers. Really? Yeah, you have gushers, but. <laughs> Oh, uh, no, it would be like the these energy chews. Yeah. And it will always be like a, like some Gatorade with like, it's not salt, but it's like a salt substance. Yeah, and keeps you from cramping up and yeah. keeps you rolling, yeah. Yeah, it'll give Electrolytes. you Electrolytes. Yeah, yeah, and give you that and then uh, some fruit snacks. Yeah. Really? And I'll be good. So you just like hide a couple down on the inside of your shorts or you're the foul line, you're like reaching around, you're like a couple... <laughs> Couple, yeah, a couple when, of fruit snacks before you hit that second three for free yeah, throw. Yeah, if anybody noticed, um, <laughs> like before, and I'll do this like my red shirt year at Utah State, but when I was hurt and I couldn't play the the first games uh, this year, and I was in like the street clothes on the side, I would hide some snacks in my pocket. Oh, that's funny. And if like a camera pan, you could see me just it's like from so time to time, funny. just hiding a snack. So you gotta Google this. The funniest video I've ever seen is when the Bulls, <clears throat> Chicago Bulls, Michael. Jordan Jeers are in the finals, mm-hmm. and the television sportscaster is saying what's ma- what makes uh, the Bulls so strong is their bench, and that every player's always got his head in the game, ready to go. And as he's saying that, the television camera's sweeping down the bench, and the dude at the end of the bench is eating a hot dog. <laughs> he's in his uniform, he's like got mustard on the side of his cheek. He's like. The sportscasters just start laughing out loud. I've never laughed so hard in my life. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going in, man. <laughs> Hand me some French fries. Okay, so let's talk personally. So uh, what's your favorite food? Um, I'm a big sushi guy. Really? Yeah, but sushi's expensive. So <laughs> I know, yeah, dude. I, hard, I hardly get sushi. So. It's one of those stories. Yeah, my wife, she, had, she knows how much I love sushi. So for Christmas to save money, she gave me my own sushi kit, you know, so I could make my own. Yeah. And four days after I got the stitches out of my fingers and out of the hospital, I decided to go back to steak and potatoes. <laughs> Bad joke. Uh, so what's your favorite music? And do you listen to music before the game? Is that part of your routine? Do you mm-hmm. put the headphones on, kind of the Michael Phelps deal before yeah. he breaks the world record? Yeah. I mean, I'm listening to music all day. So okay, so what kind I'm of music? A, I'm a man of many genres. You know, I like hip-hop, uh, R&B. R&B is probably my favorite. Yeah. And let's too. You know, I'm a Texas guy, so I'm country. Oh, yeah? And uh, Who's your favorite country artist? Come on, man. It would probably be... 
Chris Stapleton's what introduced oh, me yeah. to country. Oh, baby. Yeah. What a voice. Yeah. So good. Chris Stapleton, Luke Holmes is really good. Yeah, you um, need to listen to come on my, some of my tunes. I used to have a publishing deal with Sony BMG Country Music. Had I shot you when I met you, I'd be out of jail by now. I got some good songs. <laughs> my wife ran off with my best friend, and I'm going to miss him dearly. You got to listen to my songs. Yeah. You don't think I'm funny. It's <laughs> just wrong. That was, <laughs> that was funny. Okay, so NIL, let's talk about how we can support you. So obviously you're going to be avail available and eligible for the NBA draft. Mm -hmm. And those of us who have watched you implicitly and know about your character, know mm -hmm. about your class, know about your leadership. Uh, being around, I've worked with so many teams in the NFL, for example. And if you understood how much emphasis the scouts really do put on what Marco Anthony brings to the fight, it's yeah. a lot more than being able to shoot. Yeah. Pro baseball, there's 10,000 guys who could throw at 90 miles an hour. Sure. They don't make it. This episode is brought to you by Master Electrical a number one supporter of Utah athletics. So <clears throat> what, what can we do to support you as a community uh, to put that moral obligation on you that when you make it big and when you're rich and famous, you'll remember guys like me and then come back and help our community out? <laughs> I mean, I'm not a, a, a person that asks for too much. So you know, <laughs> I kind of just, uh, you know, a man that believes in blessings and, uh, just understanding, like being at this podcast, it's a it's a blessing to me. So, because um, you know y'all didn't have to invite me here, so I really oh, you're a blessing to the program. Yeah, you know when you meet old youths like me, we we bleed red. We just mm. and you are the message. You are our community, and yeah. we're so proud of you. I appreciate and, that. Uh, and the image that you portray in, in in the world, in the country, on the on the floor. And uh, that's why it's our pleasure, it's our privilege to have you on the podcast to try and get you out there. How can we follow you on social media so we can, uh, you know, you can add to your followers? That that always helps, you know. My oh, yeah. eleven, my eleven international followers doesn't build my credibility that <laughs> much. So I'm trying to help you build yours. Hey, um, well, like, like plugging in my Instagram and all that. Yeah, what um, is it? What's your handle? Uh, my handle is at Marco J Anthony. Um, yeah, it's the same for my Twitter, and I'm really going on TikTok like that, or at least post TikTok. So, uh, yeah, it's really just Instagram for me because I barely get on Twitter. Twitter's a scary place. Yeah, it is. I, I, I agree. So, ladies and gentlemen, Marco Anthony. Cool name, actually, and I kidded him when he came in. I think it's Portuguese for stud muffin, hunk of burning love, but that doesn't fit <laughs> on the back of your jersey, so we'll just go with Anthony. <laughs> Anyway, this is Dan Clark, Power Players with Dan Clark. Support our youths. And uh, anytime we have a chance to just do something for Marco Anthony, just to show him how grateful we are for the, for the example he sets as a representative of Salt Lake City, Utah, of the University of Utah, of our culture, of our love of family, our love of faith. He's just the epitome poster child for everything that we hope to have here. Thank you so much for finally making it to Utah. Um, from Virginia, from San Antonio, Texas, Virginia, Utah State, where it's so cold you walk outside, you take a deep breath and your nostrils stick together, and then you <laughs> finally came to the South. I love it, I love it, I love it. Sure. Marco Anthony, let's support him. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, and uh, go Utes. Yeah, go Utes.
The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.